Good morning. Welcome to Mary, Queen of Peace Parish, as we celebrate the 18th Sunday in Ordinary Time. A special welcome is extended to those who are visiting with us today and to anyone returning home to our parish community. You are always welcome here. Today at Mass, you will hear from people within our music ministry. They will share their experiences, including why they got involved and why others should consider joining. Our Eucharistic ministers and ladies of charity will begin taking communion to the homebound and visiting nursing homes, personal care homes, and assisted living facilities. If you know of someone who would like to receive communion or have someone visit them, please see the bulletin for details. Mark your calendars for the celebration of St. Rock Cholera Day, the weekend of August 13th and 14th. Our celebration of St. Rock will begin next weekend with the Novena to St. Rock and Eucharistic Adoration. Additional information is online and in the bulletin. We are singing new music for the Gospel and Eucharistic prayer this summer. You can find it in the inside back cover of your hymnal. Though the formal requirement for masking has been lifted, we invite you to make your own choice to continue masking and or social distancing. Assisting us today are our lectors, Corey Heitkamp, Cynthia Brusco-Falvo, Kathy Betts, Irene Hearn, our altar servers are Dan and Nick Rogers. Our interpreter is Diana Saunders Conley. I, Emily Leal Santi Esteban, will be your cantor. Our organist is Bill Brinzer. Our celebrant is Father Michael Stumpf and Deacon Frank Szymanski. Please remain seated throughout the entire Mass so that the interpreter may be seen. Please join with each other in singing our opening hymn, Morning is Broken, number 855 in the Blue Hymnal. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 
grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. And with your spirit. Good morning, everyone. Lots of new faces out there and some returning faces. Nice to see everyone. I actually am also just returning after almost two weeks vacation, and I am delighted to be back with you and praying with you this Sunday. As we're gathering, we continue to journey with Jesus on his way to Jerusalem and follow him as his disciples, as our understanding of discipleship deepens and our journey more closely with one another becomes more strong. As we gather, let us begin by asking God's grace and God's mercy. Lord Jesus, you call the repentant thief to a life of mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you call the contrite of heart. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you sit at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, have mercy on us, forgive us of our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. We together give glory to God as we say. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Gathering our prayers, let us pray. Draw near to your servants, O Lord, and answer their prayers with unceasing kindness, that for those who glory in you as creator and guide, you may restore what you have created and keep safe what you have restored. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. is we're preparing ourselves to hear God's Word. We're hearing from a wisdom book called Ecclesiastes. And interestingly enough, this book challenges the current wisdom of the day about prosperity and God's blessing. Second reading, we hear from Paul. And Paul talks about when we are part of the Paschal mystery of Jesus' death and resurrection, everything is transformed. A reading from the book of Ecclesiastes. Vanity of vanities, says Kehelleth. Vanity of vanities. All things are vanity. Here is one who has labored with wisdom and knowledge and skill, and yet to another who has not labored over it, he must leave property. This also is vanity and a great misfortune. For what profit comes to man from all the toil and anxiety of heart with which he has labored under the sun? All his day's sorrow and grief is his occupation. Even at night his mind is not at rest. This also is vanity.
from the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, if you were raised with Christ, seek what is above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Think of what is above, not of what is on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, your life, appears, then you too will appear with him in glory. Put to death, then, the parts of you that are earthly, immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and the greed that is idolatry. Stop lying to one another, since you have taken off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed for knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. He replied to him, Friend, who appointed me as your judge and arbitrator? Then he said to the crowd, Take care to guard against all greed, for though one may be rich, one's life does not consist of possessions. He then told him this parable. There was a rich man whose land produced a bountiful harvest. He asked himself, what shall I do, for I do not have space to store my harvest? And he said, this is what I shall do. I shall tear down my barns and build larger ones. There I shall store all my grain and other goods, and I shall say to myself, now as for you, you have so many good things stored up for many years. Rest, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this night your life will be demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, to whom do they belong? Thus will it be for all who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich in what matters of God. 
the gospel of the Lord. Once again, uh, being the last weekend of the month, you probably heard at the beginning of the Mass the announcement that there will be a witness talk after communion today. Um, so uh, during a month, we, in our Taste and See, try to focus on one of the ministries that's happening in our parish community, and then we give an opportunity for that ministry, if they would like, to uh, speak at the last weekend of the month. And so this focus has been, this month has been music ministry, and so actually our music minister, I believe Bill, will be speaking after, after communion. And so again, in that time, I also try to make my homily a little bit more concise. <laughs> See if I can make it just enough, okay? I had the privilege of being on vacation almost two weeks, but uh, unfortunately, right before I left for vacation, believe it or not, I got sick. And so I found myself the first couple of days before leaving, and then actually the first couple of days after traveling, actually just recuperating uh, from illness. And it's one of those illnesses that just made me a headache, tired, weak. It was just my head wasn't clear. <laughs> you know, I just felt kind of achy and tired all over. And so I packed when I was sick, okay? And so I drive to my destination and I start unpacking my car. And I'm like, what is all of this stuff that I brought, right? I, and, so, and so I was sick packing, and so I, 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 I wasn't focused, and, I, and so I have all of this stuff with me, and I'm putting, you know, I'm unloading my car thinking, what? And, and of course, on vacation, I didn't use half of that stuff, right? <laughs> and I realized it kind of how that, for me, is a metaphor in many ways of life and discipleship of how it sometimes takes much more focus and effort to just have enough or to pack less or do less or, uh, you know, focus a little bit more. And so it was just kind of a metaphor, right? So I'm sick, I'm, uh, and so that's what happened, all of this stuff. During uh, this time where we're journeying with Jesus in Luke's gospel, and if you recall, this is not just a journey of discipleship, but for Luke, it's a very focused journey of discipleship because as we entered into ordinary time, Jesus resolutely determined to go to Jerusalem. And so now, as we're journeying with Christ and with one another and with the disciples in the gospel, we're going from town to town, we're experiencing his teachings. He's encountering other people. There's a deeper call constantly to discipleship. He's healing. He's teaching. He's offering parables. And all of these have a very particular focus of Christ, focused on his completion of the kingdom of God. And so because of that, once again, there's very little toleration for anything other than radical discipleship. Red, radical following in the way of Christ as he does in the Paschal Mystery. And so during these months of ordinary time, particularly summer, I'm trying to stir us up a little bit, right? I'm trying to challenge our understanding of discipleship and the gospel message, and I'm trying to do so because what we've done with the gospel message, what we've done with lived Christianity, what we've done with discipleship in some ways made it so sanitized, we've made it like a house cat as opposed to a roaring lion, which sometimes it is, right? So, so we, have, we have really kind of tamed it down and because discipleship and following Christ is radical, challenging, and beautiful. <laughs> and, 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 and beautiful to live and challenging to live. And so I've used phrases like how the gospel and discipleship is anti-establishment. <laughs> I've used phrases like, it's unacceptable, right? Uh, so, so I'm trying to stir us up. And so today, I want you to think about discipleship in the context of the word enough. Enough. Especially in the context of the community. What is enough in the context of community? Now remember, 
Jesus is walking along, enters a village, and a little bit of context for what we're hearing in today is we're hearing the parable of the rich fool by the end of the parable, right? And the context of the gentleman who says, give me, tell my brother to give me part of the inheritance. So just a little background about things that are happening and going, very important here. First of all, uh, a man approaches Jesus and says, tell my brother to give me part of the inheritance. Context there is, there is specific Mosaic law that prescribes what happens in the Jewish culture as far as inheritance goes. It is the firstborn gets a double portion, firstborn male, excuse me, firstborn son, and then the secondborn, thirdborn, whatever males after that get what's ever left over to divide up. Double portion to the firstborn, and then every other son after that, whatever is left. Now, what, by the way, what makes this complex in the Jewish culture and even in the Mosaic law is the fact that what happens when there's more than one wife, because that happened in this culture. What happens when there's not a male, right? And so there's, so, but that's the context. So it's a succession sort of thing. And a very important part of that as well is remember that it, up until just just a couple decades before Jesus comes onto the scene that Jews really don't believe in the afterlife. There's still Jews that don't necessarily fully believe that, right? They don't believe in the afterlife. So life is life is life. And if there's blessings from God, the blessings of God come in this life and in this world. And so when someone is prosperous, when someone has more sheep, when someone has more sons, more land considered more blessed by God, right? So that's a context of what is happening here. Notice Jesus, as he's focused on Jerusalem, has no time to talk about the Jewish law. (laughs) He says to the person who approaches him to talk about this inheritance, who made me your judge or arbitrator? And not only that, but he takes the opportunity to challenge the, the, the Jewish wisdom or theology that says prosperity is from God and that's what it's all about and gets to the core of it to actually talk about how, how there's this tendency in humanity towards and the word is greed that Jesus uses and says avoid greed in all of its forms, this human tendency as well as this attitude towards desiring more and more and challenges that whole sense and says, that's not what it's about. Your life is not about possessions. It's much more than that. It's about what's most important for the kingdom and for God. One other dimension here. The word that Jesus uses in the Greek Uh, for greed, sometimes translated avarice. The Greek word is a word that is a breakdown of the word more and to seek, okay? So greed means seeking more all the time. Seeking more all the time. So that's what Jesus is challenging, this human tendency and this attitude that says that this is what life is about, that this is what's going to make me happy. And not only is this what's going to make me happy, this is going to preserve my life, this is going to preserve my blessing, and this is going to show that I am blessed by God. He challenges all of that and says it's not about the more, (laughs) right? And if he says that in his time and culture, right? His time and culture, the the Palestinian culture 2,000 years ago, think about now. Think about our place, our time, our culture, right? I mean, we are bombarded by more, more, more. That's what's going to make you happy. Uh, That's what, you know, I I constantly need more clothing. I constantly need something bigger. I constantly need to supersize it. Whatever, right? We are, our culture is all about playing into this human tendency and this attitude for more. And, And brothers and sisters, believe me, I struggle with it too, right? Look at my packing for God's sakes, right? 
you have to and we have to actually be intentional and 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 it takes struggle to, to work against that, that human tendency and that cultural movement that says more is what's going to establish your life and blessing. I had the privilege of reading a book on vacation, and it was a book that was actually called More or Less. It's by a gentleman named Jeff Schinneberger, I believe, S-H-I-N-A-B-E-R-G-E-R, something like that, right? So, <laughs> so, so but, but Jeff is, is actually struggling with this question himself, and he's doing so in the context of the community in which he lives as well as his own life. And, and it's interesting because the question that he asks throughout every chapter, and he, he's inviting it himself, he's challenging himself, and he's inviting every everyone who's reading the book to, to ask in each chapter is, what is enough? What is enough? Especially in the tendency and the desire to constantly seek the more. What is enough? And in each chapter, he focuses on something different. What is enough clothing? What is enough food? What is enough time? What is enough stuff to pack, <laughs> right? What is enough? And that's not one of the chapters, by the way. I just made that up. So, right? And it's a great question. He doesn't, he doesn't give an answer for people, but he challenges people, everybody who's reading and himself, to, to ask that question about everything. And not just in self, but in the context of the community. The guy in the parable, one of his biggest shortfalls and struggles was he kept saying, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I need. I'm going to tear down my bars. I'm going to you know, build bigger ones, and then I will be happy. And it's not about the community at all. And so Jeff is inviting everybody to ask that question. I think that is a fundamental discipleship question as Jesus, on his way to Jerusalem, invites us to follow and to think about greed, the desire of the more in all of its aspects, and says that that's not what it's about, that that's not what God needs and wants of us as God's people. It takes more effort, more focus, <laughs> more energy, <laughs> more to somehow do, be, have less. In the midst of the more, what's enough? We together profess our faith. I'm going to ask three questions, the response to the questions is, I do. Do you believe in God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son, our Lord, who was born of the Virgin Mary, crucified, died, buried, rose from the dead, and is now seated at the right hand of God the Father? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting? This is our faith that we profess through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Trusting the grace of God given to all, we offer these prayers and petitions. Our response is, hear us, O Lord, that the Holy Spirit may continue to guide the leadership of Pope Francis, bishops, and all who minister in the church. We pray. Hear us, O Lord. For an end to the war in the Ukraine, 
and for all who suffer from the wounds of war all over the world. We pray. Hear us, O Lord. For all who suffer in mind, body, and spirit, that they may know healing. We pray. Hear us, O Lord. For all those in our prayer request list in the bulletin, that their pain and suffering be eased by our prayers. We pray. Hear us, O Lord. We go forth for a renewed commitment to the preferential option for the poor. We pray. Hear us, O Lord. For all those who have died in our parish community, especially Nellie Orlando. May they be welcomed into God's kingdom. We pray. Hear us, O Lord. We remember today Emilio Di Donato and all the intentions present on the altar, along with those we hold in the silence of our hearts. We pray. Hear us, O Lord. And calling on the loving intercession of our patron and mother, we pray. Hail Mary, full, full of, of grace, grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, Queen of Peace, pray for us. Please join in singing our offertory hymn, number 889, Hail Mary, Gentlewoman, number 889.
pray, sisters and brothers, my sacrifice and yours will be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. And Lord, accept the sacrifice at your hands. And the first and Lord, for our good and good of all. Graciously sanctify these gifts, Lord, we pray. Accept this oblation of our spiritual sacrifice and make of us an eternal offering to you through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is right and just, our duty, salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God. Just as through your beloved Son you created the human race, so also through him with great goodness you form it anew. So it is right that all creatures serve you, all the redeemed praise you, all the saints with one heart bless you. We too extol you with all the angels and saints, as in joyful celebration we acclaim. Indeed, holy Lord, the font of all holiness, make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, sending down your Spirit on them like the dewfall, that they may become the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed, he entered willingly into his passion. He took bread, said the blessing, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, again giving thanks, gave it, to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life, the chalice of salvation, giving thanks you've held us worthy to be in your presence and to minister to you. Humbly we pray, partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity. 
together with Francis, our Pope, with David, our Bishop, with all the clergy and all who serve and lead your people. Remember also all of our sisters and brothers who have fallen asleep in hope of resurrection, all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Saint Joseph, her blessed spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we too may be co-heirs to eternal life to praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Please rise as you're able. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from all evil. Graciously grant peace in our day, that by the help of your mercy we may be free from sin, safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope, the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the, the kingdom, kingdom the power, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. He said to your apostles and to us, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sin, but the faith of your church. Grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, for you live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Let us share with one another some sign of Christ's peace. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed who are we who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, Lord I am now ready that you should enter under my roof. Only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. The act of spiritual communion. I believe that you are in the blessed sacrament, my Jesus. I love you above all things, and I long for you in my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, 
come at least spiritually into my heart. As though you have already come, I embrace you and unite myself entirely to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Please join in singing our communion hymn, number 678, Dwelling Place, number 678. Christ 
to invite Bill Brinzer forward, please, to share a bit about music ministry. Hello, everybody. How are you doing today? Hey, guys. I think most people know my name, at least. I'm Bill Brenzer. I'm the director of music ministry here at this church. Um, and I was asked to share a little bit about how did I get into music ministry here and why should you join? So those are my two topics. Now, the person that asked me to do this is Megan Corder. She's the director of engagement. She's one of our cantors. She's a wonderful person. She does not know that I talk too long. And my wife tells me that I tell stories that are never-ending stories, so I'm going to try very hard not to do that today. So first, let's talk about how I got into church music. My mother tricked me into church music. When I was 15 years old, at a parish over in Penn Hills, she came home one day from Mass and she said, hey, you play the piano, right? You're taking piano lessons. You sound pretty good. There's a guy that donated a giant string bass that's kind of broken from an orchestra that he used to play in, and he wants you to play with the folk group. And I told them, well, my kid's pretty good at, at playing. I think he can do it. And so I said, okay, Mom, I guess I'm going to go play at church. I had no experience doing that. I mean, I played music since I was a kid. I went, I tried, and Mr. Leo Rodergoss, I'm, I'm sure he's passed away at this point. He's a wonderful guy. He's an older guy. And he gave me about a five-minute lesson in string bass, reading lead sheets, Anything you do as a musician, I mean, I'm serious, five minutes, he's like, look, here are the four strings. Okay, cool, bye. Um, and that was it. So that was my crash course introduction to playing church music. I persisted with that for a while. I was a kid, I didn't know any better. Eventually I learned the guitar, I got decent at that. And then I continued playing for quite a while. And then I went uh, to college, I played, I came back, and, and um, I played at a, a church out in Plum for a little bit, and then I quit. I said, I'm tired of doing this. So I sat and went to my house and practiced piano and, and instruments and stuff for about six months. And one day my dad came home from a church and he said, hey, I saw in the bulletin that they're looking for a guitar player. This was a Pittsburgh church uh, over in Shadyside. And I said, I don't want to play guitar, but I'll call this lady anyway. So I called her and, and turned out I could play keyboard for her. So I said, cool, this is great. So I played with them. Uh, it was a contemporary choir over in the east end of Pittsburgh for about two years. And I got sick of doing that. And I went to quit. Um, but they said there was a flute player coming the next week. And I thought, okay, I like to mentor kids. I had always worked with younger flute players, instrumentalists. And I thought, okay, I'm going to give this kid like an introduction and be like, all right, peace out, guys. I'll see you later. So I came expecting to find a young, a young uh, you know, dude or whatever that was a, a teenager playing the flute, and here it wasn't. It was, it was a person my age. It was Marguerite Link, my wife. <laughs> I think you can fill in the intermediate parts of the story here. Um, and so I, I was very, very grateful that I did not quit that particular week. <laughs> so I continued doing that. Um, we moved up here uh, because... Uh, Fast forward, Marguerite got, got pregnant with our second child, and she said her, her grandmother lived up here since the pandemic in 1918. Actually, her father passed away in that Spanish flu. She moved up here when she was seven years old, and then Marguerite's parents had moved up here to take care of her. She lived to be 104 years old, actually. God bless her, right on Merrimack Street here. Um, and so Marguerite said, hey, there's a house next to my parents up for sale, and I'm pregnant. You better go look at this house. So, so I did, and, and I wasn't really too into the idea of moving to the neighborhood, but I looked at the house, and I was like, this is a great place. This is a nice neighborhood. I'm, I'm going to move up here. So I did that, um, and then I, we were just going to go to our old parish over in the east end that we had been to, but what happened is, is that the day that we moved in, there were some unfortunate things happened. Um, I hired piano movers, and, and they broke my piano. Um, much worse than that, I moved into my home and my, my stack pipe going down to my basement overflowed and I had water all over my basement. I had a gas leak in my basement because they put the wrong kind of piping into the water heater, all kinds of things. And most terribly, actually, this is a little bit more sad than the stories about my house breaking. Um, our friend who introduced us at the choir where we met actually had passed away um, from, from cancer young and we played at her funeral the Thursday that we moved in. So we were just feeling really down. And... Marguerite and I said to each other, you know, we're not feeling up to going to church. We should probably go. So we took our two-year-old and we said, well, we're not going to go over to the East End. I just don't have the energy to drive. What's this church up here? It can't be that bad, right? It, 
it'll be all right. So we came to Mass and sat in the back with our two-year-old, and uh, Marguerite never does this, and she, she actually said, geez, who's this person that's singing and playing? And uh, the cantor was really good, and then there was a young woman singing and playing that must have been like 20 years old or something. Uh, and she said, well, Bill, we gotta join the music ministry here. I said, I'm tired of joining music ministry. I don't wanna do anything else. I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna do it. She, she argued with me and I listened. And so I walked up and I said, fine, you talk to them. I want nothing to do with this. So she talked to Amanda Plazic, who later became Amanda Bruce, who was 20 years old at the time. And, said, oh, and I was just trying to hang back. And she said, Bill can do all these things, like play guitar and play piano and play this and that. And I said, okay, cool, whatever. And so I wasn't too into it for about the first year, but at some point we realized the people up here were really nice and like good-hearted people, and this is a special place. And that was different from what we had experienced before uh, in Catholic churches and churches. And so I uh, changed my mind and decided I actually did like doing this up here. So as some of you have been in this, this particular church for a while, no, we, we played with Amanda for a long time. We became very close friends with her. We became friends with Tom Conroy. Um, and then when they left, uh, I figured... Maybe it was time to just be done with music ministry again. Now, so if you, know, if you remember in the Bible, there's a story about some young kid that keeps hearing, um, he thinks it's the guy that he's living with, uh, I think it's Samuel, and he keeps hearing a voice saying, Samuel, Samuel, and he keeps thinking, why is this guy calling me? And he keeps getting up and saying, why are you calling me? And the guy says, I'm not, go back to sleep. And at some point it clicks in their head, maybe you're getting called you know, by somebody besides the dude that's like right in the house with you, or temple, or wherever they lived. I'm not a preacher, I'm sorry, Father Michael. Um, and so it was the voice of God calling. And I think that after I try to quit enough times and keep getting sucked back into this vortex of, of music, I should probably pay attention and think maybe I am actually supposed to be doing this with my life. And so it turned out I was on the hiring committee for a new musician here. Um, that didn't work out so well. We, we really had trouble. I mean, it's just a, that's, I could go into that. That's a whole thing about musicians after the, the recent shutdown of everything. Um, but we skip a couple steps and here I am directing everything. So that's how I got here. Now what I really wanna talk about is how much I love the people of this parish and how humbled I am to be here with you guys and with the people down in the South Side at St. Adalbert's. I mean, the people that are here at, in this parish are amazing people. And every day that I work with people here, cantors, instrumentalists, um, the choir, we started the choir back up last year. I'm, I'm so humbled and honored to be able to help make a music ministry be directed together to something coherent. Um, language is a real gift. Music is such a gift. I think about this a lot. Like, where do we get these things? I, I don't know, but like, I want to do something good with them while I'm here. Um, and so I like, I'm good at organizing things and I pulled the choir together and I got all the cancers going. Um, and so I feel like that after the pandemic restarting, we're just at the beginning of our music ministry here. And I think there's so much potential for, for growth in these two churches and this newly combined parish. I think that we're just at the very beginning of what we could possibly have. And so I would just encourage you, like you don't have to be a professional musician to join the ministry. If you have any musical skills, um, I, I know how to teach people musicianship. That's one of the sort of random skills that I have. And so I will show you how to fit into a choir, how to be a good part of a music ministry. And, uh, you know, encourage you and such. And I think that we, everybody together can do a really amazing thing in this parish that no individual can possibly do. And so if you know anybody that's a musician, if you just casually want to play, if you haven't played your flute for 10 years and you feel like maybe you should play at mass just to see what it's like, I just encourage you to come up and, and talk to us after mass or I'm always available. I like to be very direct. So just come talk to me and try to be kind also. And uh, God bless y'all, but thank you so much for allowing me to, to work here. It's really a blessing. Let us pray. Accompany with constant protection, Lord, those you've renewed with heavenly gifts. In your never-failing care for us, make us worthy of eternal life. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. 
and with your spirit. May the blessings of Almighty God be upon you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join in singing our closing hymn, number 636. Now thank we all our God, number 636.